0: Hey there, we're Those Sci-Fi Guys, and this is that Those Sci-Fi Guys show. Just two working dudes, different lives, different jobs, but a whole lot of love for science fiction and the fun that comes with. We are your hosts. I am P.S. McKay. Coming to you from a very solemn and dignified Memorial Day weekend.
1: Oh, that's it? Okay. Normal that's you, it. Normally you drone around for a little
0: bit. I, I do, but not this time. Not, not, not today.
1: I'm DT Cavman, and Memorial Day is one of those bittersweet days for those of us who've served, or for anybody who's lost somebody they knew, and uh, you know, in service of their country. So, and while it is a perfect time to enjoy time with family, uh, friends you know have a barbecue get ready for the start of the summer season it's also a nice time to make sure that uh just to remember why we we have this holiday
0: exactly exactly um we took the opportunity today for uh mac junior's boy scout troop to uh, assist at the veterans memorial center today and uh Nothing special. We basically we cleaned up the the all the chairs and the tables and stuff for the breakfast that was served to all the veterans and the yeah. the veterans association and everything. Nice. It's something that I like to sh- ha- expose him to because he needs to understand that this country is a very special place, and you know we all serve it in different ways. Um,
1: if you really wanted to expose him to something outstanding that is one good way to do it another way is if you had a chance to watch the national memorial day concert on pbs last night oh no i missed it was excellent
0: was i bet it was i bet it was exceptional
1: yeah yeah i mean and of course one of the co-hosts is gary sinise
0: Probably one of the nicest guys in Hollywood, I think.
1: Well, I mean, the man has a list of honorariums a mile long from the military, the, the USO, the, the the federal government, and all of these because of all the work he's done with veterans. And I think, and I'd have to double check, but I think most of this comes after playing an amputee with severe post-traumatic stress. Gump. Yes,
0: he did say that. He said that he was inspired by Luke being Lieutenant Dan, um, and the effects of that thereof, um, which it, by the way, that's a late lifestyle change in in direction. You know,
1: well, well in his mid thirties, yeah, early forties, okay. maybe.
0: Maybe let's let's say mid thirties. Let's let's not overage him, but yeah. yeah.
1: I think he's probably yeah, yeah. He's probably about right. I'd have to look it up. But, uh, but you know, the man you know, the man is outstanding.
0: Yeah and you know, this brings me to and I'm I'm gonna add on to this because today at the Veterans Association we
1: the people who, so he would have been in his early forties, maybe.
0: <laughs> Wait, he was born in nineteen sixty seven? So he oh. was in his mid twenties when he played Lieutenant Dan.
1: Oh right, I'm sorry. Yeah. He,
0: um... <laughs> so yeah. thank you for crapping on my point.
1: So, <laughs> oh, you're
0: right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It was a it was a specious point at best, but oh yeah. Um, what what was I going to say? Oh, so the 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 people who worked for the uh, veterans association that we were at. Um, all wore this black T-shirt that's said on the back of it. And you've probably heard this if you haven't. This is a great thing to hear. On the back of the, every T-shirt, it said, Every good citizen adds to the strength of a nation.
1: Interesting. Which sure. I find,
0: I find it inspiring. I like that.
1: You don't well, have
0: to. You don't have to be a George Washington in order to help the world be a better place. You know. No. You just do your own little thing, and it it you know, doesn't have to be big. But just holding open a door and smiling to someone, who might be having a bad day, could make all the difference in the world.
1: Right. And uh, you know, you talk about. <clears throat> The kind of service that goes along with it. Now, there was a ridiculous. And, and Starship Troopers is kind of um, an interesting <laughs> situation because the movie was more of a. Straight up. Action, you know, sci-fi action film. That, well, did, that didn't quite tackled the gravitas of the situation that the book embodied. I mean, it did kind of highlight <laughs> some of the propaganda stuff that uh, the uh, in a, an industrial military complex can roll out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when they're asking, the when the teacher is asking all the kids, you know, what's the difference between, like, a citizen and a civilian? And the point is basically that a civilian just kind of there and the citizen is somebody who actively takes, you know, uh, actively takes part in building the society and serving the society and such.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's something to be said for that, being an active member of society, you know, you don't have to, you know, invent a cure for cancer or you know, lead the military on a victorious campaign of liberation or be, you know, you know, the president of the United States. You're just somebody who's out there comforting the sick, picking up trash, you know, in the park or helping rescue animals or something like that. Just being a, you know, a, a good member of society, making things around you even just a little bit better. I
0: I think I think that, that that in itself is its own Oh gosh, the words are failing me at this point because I don't want to conflate it with the 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 honor and the privilege that you had of of serving this country the way you have.
1: But no, but you can serve your society your your neighborhood in many different ways
0: yes yes okay i think uh, that that's a great that's a great summation right there i like that
1: i mean if you're out there as a teacher and all you're trying to do is give the best education and prepare kids for the for the real world if you you know you're putting it out there you know, uh, giving extra help to a kid who's struggling who might have fallen by the wayside, but eventually is able to, with your support, become you know succeed when somebody could have been he or she could have been left behind
0: right, right. So. Oh man, well, I you know not to not to be blunt or anything and whatnot, but I mean, we did have a, a long three-day weekend, and I know it's not exactly the most festive of weekends when you really think about the true meaning behind it, but did you do anything to take advantage of your extra time off?
1: Uh, I spent most of the weekend with my family, uh, with my parents, my sister, Um, she, you know, my sister and nephew were down, and my nice. parents... You know at, at my parents and we were intending to have a barbecue uh, on you know just yesterday uh, but I was doing a lot of cleaning on the house on Saturday trying to get more and more things prepped for when my wife and kid will come out and then uh, I don't have a washer and dryer here so I oh. have to I have to go over to my folks to do that while I wait for- <laughs> <laughs> while I wait for the household goods to show up with the watch. What and are guys. you,
0: 25? What now? <laughs> 22?
1: <laughs> I now you got to do what you got to do, No, right? I never actually moved in with my folks at, yeah. right at the time, except for like a, a, a week or two in transient while I was waiting for this house to come. That's,
0: That's true. true. And they weren't even there at the house.
1: Exactly. So. <laughs> Um, but, that- you know, then I just went over and uh, to do laundry and then everybody was there. So we just ordered dinner, you know, video chatted with my wife and kid. It was basically the same thing we did on Sunday, only we ended up sitting out on the back porch because the weather was much nicer and we barbecued mm-hmm. a little and, and a family friend stopped by and, and we had a good time. And, and today I got up. Relatively early for a for a long weekend, I was up and out the door before nine o'clock, which on a long weekend I'm typically, you know, move a little slower, kind of try to rest and recharge. But I was out the door and I went for a couple mile walk. Um, you know, nice. had my had some of my gear on, kind of as a commemoration. listened to some patriotic music while I was doing it just to be the entire cliche walking down the road <laughs> did, a, did a one mile you know nature trail walk and was walking around the neighborhood <laughs> turns out that guy I did ROTC with in college actually was in the neighborhood no there were rumors but it was unsubstantiated until today so <laughs>
0: that's that's hilarious that's great
1: yeah. Then I met coworkers for a late lunch um, just because we never do anything off the clock. And, you know, just kind of shot the breeze, had a decent meal and came back. And uh, my parents and sister had taken my nephew to walk around the park in town, you know, the park near the zoo. Yep. Which also is where they have a t- and where have that park also has a lot of memorials you know mm-hmm. the monuments and whatnot so we walked around there and then we treated ourselves to the local ice cream at that famed dairy that we all know
0: Ah, uh, such a friendly place i love that place
1: yep before i came <laughs> back here and you know <laughs> talked to my wife and kid and sat out on the back deck and had a beer and just kind of relaxed before i turned on an abysmal red sox game
0: uh yeah. And talking to me isn't going to add to your, your positive disposition. That's for sure.
1: Well, I'm looking forward to this week's topic. <laughs> uh, but before we dive into that, if I was so rude as to monopolize this, did you have a nice week long weekend?
0: Um, did not as productive as I had hoped it would be like any long weekend that I take, but, um, uh, I mean, the missus is down has been down with COVID, so we really couldn't do very much anyway. She's fine. Yep. She's fine. She, you know,
1: still. Thank, thank goodness. Zero stars would not recommend
0: COVID. <laughs> well, and you you had COVID one whereas she's got the she's got the one with the, the lack of teeth in it. Um, poser.
1: I was yeah, cool poser COVID. COVID.
0: Was cool. <laughs> yeah. You you had covid before it was cool to have. So but it's um, <laughs>
1: a great okay. <laughs> line from Future World. Poser. I was hating on Zoidberg before it was cool.
0: Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah. Um,
1: well, I do hope that your wife continues to have mild symptoms and and gets better soon.
0: Well, it's it's funny cuz we're oh shoot. We're all very confident that um Me and the kids, the kids and I had it back in December and we've tested the kids and they were negative and that's fine. We're just run down. We're just tired. And I'm thinking that it's just our immune system.
1: When you get run down, you're more susceptible to anything, whether it's COVID or something else. Yeah. I hope in that case, you guys spent, you know, took time to lay low.
0: Lots of time. We did. We, we didn't really do very much of anything this whole weekend, which, I mean, we probably needed. We spent the last weekend at Disneyland, which is where it probably all started, by the way.
1: So. <laughs> I but, I would have assumed that COVID came from Wizarding World and Universal, but that's just me.
0: Oh, man. We, we were at Wizarding World and Universal at the, the New Year's of 19 to 20. Um
1: I and hear there that, were a that lot of people zero in the US for COVID.
0: You would I I mean I wouldn't be surprised we didn't get it.
1: No, I, we didn't get I, it I,
0: obviously, but
1: <laughs> I, I'm just teasing cuz I'm not the hugest of Harry Potter fans.
0: Oh, well, look at me not reading into that. No. Damn it. <laughs> well, there speaking is, of not reading you, into that. New York
1: Captain Obvious cousin Captain Oblivious
0: well done well done sir how long have you had that one chambered for
1: Uh, that was uh actually pre-smur of the moment
0: okay all right. well chapeau chapeau sir good job
1: you have (laughs) got the most pretentious (laughs) vocabulary (laughs) you are cool chapeau chapeau
0: as my French teacher used to do whenever we did something good in class and I never got the chapeau because I was a terrible French student. So, although, can I tell a really quick story? Because it's classic, it's classic P.S. McKay.
1: C'est la vie.
0: So, I'm a terrible French student in high school, studied it for four years, and but yeah, I, I stuck so with it. Huh? keep going okay stuck with it for four years I ingratiated myself to the teacher for at least showing that I worked hard right um lo and behold I go to college and you have to take uh you know up to three levels of language you could place into a second level or third level and then you're done oh. out of the requirement of a foreign language yeah so I placed it in French too did that the, the at the end of my freshman year when I'm done with French The T.A., who was born in Paris, by the way, the teaching assistant, after doing a word lab, a language lab with us.
1: Totally pompous then.
0: Well, he stops me and he goes. Monsieur McKay, um, I've been curious, were you born in France? I'm like, what? No, no, I was I was born in uh, New England. And he goes, oh, well, the way you speak, you sound like you are a native French speaker. I'm like, oh, that means the world to me. Thank you so much, monsieur. And
1: I hate native French. (laughs) (laughs) They're all fine.
0: You're waiting for the shoe to drop. And it will. Trust me. So lo and behold, that summer, I go back home and I'm at the grocery store one day. With my brother, we're we're getting stuff to go and do a cookout at at my grandfather's uh, pool, and I run into my French teacher. As that, but by, by that time, had retired, and I go, Madam, I just want you to know. And I told the story, and she stops. and She goes, Oh, Jean Pierre, that was my French name in her class, Jean Pierre. That's wonderful. He must have been talking about your accent, though, not your not your not your vocabulary. <laughs> And I'm like, what? wait a minute. No, he was telling me that I was speaking French well. And she's like, no, 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 no. It was, it was your accent.
1: <laughs> uh, like, you have a good accent, but your uh, syntax is shit.
0: <laughs> yes, that's exactly what. I- so I'm all
1: like, high and mighty. And
0: she just, yep, that's exactly what I went on. And she just popped that, popped that confidence bubble. Right then and there, as as is always the case with what seems to be my life. So, <laughs> at least in this time, I got to ride it for a good four weeks, maybe three and a half.
1: Well, that is so. impressive. <laughs> and for the record, during the French Revolution scenes in History of the World, part one, <laughs> some, uh, in some of the early intro, when they're showing just how Filthy and downtrodden, the poor of Paris are. They literally are on a street called Rue du Merde. Yes. <laughs> which is highly amusing. And Patrick Stewart dropped Merde in an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, he did? he did I remember it. reading
0: about it in the book Dark Mirror, or Mirror Darkly, or Dark Mirror. I think it was Dark Mirror.
1: Dark Mirror. In a Mirror Darkly yes. with the Enterprise two-parter.
0: That's right. But he, he dropped that. When did he drop that? What episode was that?
1: It was, I think, an early season. Oh, man. I got, I, he got away with saying shit on, nation, on live syndicated, on television.
0: Syndicated national television, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> which only maximized the audience but i just bought those captain's logs books that came that were in the late 90s got the second one the original one today by the way in the shrink wrap so oh, i know uh, <laughs> mon dieu <laughs> sacre bleu <laughs> c'est le soir pour moi merci <laughs> a bien beaucoup um anyway uh, so I have to go through those books and, and know which episode that is. because Maybe they drop that in there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, speaking of the road to shit, uh, what's the
1: tonight's topic? <laughs> tonight's topic is, well, we talked last time about screen icons who found themselves in a bit of an odd or rare science fiction appearance. Mm-hmm. You know, and you would, uh, for the most part, most of the people we talked about really only had, like, one big appearance in any sort of sci-fi. Yes. So, you see that and you realize that, like, oh, wow. We almost, we kind of struggled because we was like, when you think was about a tough the, call. The science fiction, you're like going through some of the lists of the greats and you're like, shouldn't there be more? But I mean, even if they're not like a true acting great, but a screen icon, I mean, even Bruce Willis, who's not an acting great, is still a screen icon. Yes. Right? But he was in several sci-fi movies, such as
0: The Fifth Element.
1: Oh, The Fifth Element was probably his best sci-fi movie. That's Although, the movie.
0: That's the movie. Armageddon when you see it on cable, game. you just watch it. Right. No matter what part.
1: It's a, it's a remote trap. You're right. But Armageddon was science fiction.
0: Oh, that was good.
1: It that was, a little was very bit, science fiction. It was a little bit more plausible. But yeah. still, it was science fiction.
0: Yeah. I argue, I argue though, that... Um, what was the other one with Elijah Wood? Was lately, like, Soviet
1: monkeys or something.
0: No, the the other the other asteroid. It was a comet, though.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It was like me. Uh, it was like. Oh shoot!
0: Really? Taylor Leone was in it. Morgan Freeman, the America's greatest president.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Deep Impact.
0: Deep Impact.
1: I argue Which Deep Impact was more scientifically name, plausible. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> See the biggest difference is, is, that Armageddon came with a better soundtrack.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, and it also had cinematography of Michael Bay, so, which is awesome. It is. Michael Bay's well, cinematography is great. Explosion. Well, it's the moving camera. You got the tinted lens. You know, everyone looks like they're everyone looks like they're in a room. That's where the air conditioning broke. Uh glistening. <laughs> They're glistening. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially scantily clad females, which is also a Michael Bayism.
0: That's true too. And that got gratuitous with Megan Fox, by the way. It got uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially in the third in the third Transformers when they replaced Megan Fox. Or was it the fourth one? It was the fourth third. one.
1: She what? was not in the third.
0: No, but it's
1: creepy when they literally had like an entire uh, spiel about why it was okay for this like 24 year old to be dating a 16 year old. She was
0: 17 and she was 16 during filming. And they kept it was a running joke with Mark Wahlberg. Honey, well, you can't you can't wear Stop wearing such like skimpy clothes and stuff. And and Michael Bay used that camera on her very effectively. And it was offensive. It was very gross. uncomfortably. It was gross. I, I mean I was ugh,
1: it's not liking
0: that. that.
1: No. So we'll we'll dive in. I think we are planning on at some point to talk about the <laughs> the pure sexism that has come with some of our favorite science fiction as well. And well, none of the franchises are really immune. Well, no. <laughs> Even you have, the have to rope them in purport, first. Even the ones that you know purport to promote equality and strong female characters.
0: <laughs> I was watching a uh, an American Dad episode where the family was trying to hide from Roger, so they went to a, a space station, and of course Stan wears um, uh, what's her face's panties and you know cut cut shirt that she was wearing near the end of the movie. <laughs> just just cuz. <'cause. laughs> Sigourney Weavers. <laughs> Which, you know, that was that wasn't good either. <laughs> but no, it was worse with Stan I definitely wearing wouldn't
1: have worn it. White either.
0: No. <laughs> anyway. Sorry for the aside.
1: Anyway. We're talking about sci fi actors. And actresses, performers who have appeared in multiple of the franchises that we have discussed. And there's been quite a few that have crossed not just one, but multiple boundaries.
0: Yeah. Do we want to start with the queen of all of them?
1: By all means, lead on.
0: I mean, it's obvious. Ming Na Wen.
1: Ming Na Wen. I am a mingling. <laughs> Who is oh. In Star Wars? Yeah. And Marvel. Yes. By the way, she she's uses also the a term Disney mingling. Princess. She uses well, that if term. You, if you for watch her followers. Awesome, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, I know, it's, it's, very, it's right? better than being a Cumber bitch. <laughs> 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 Which apparently is his followers. He, they did he didn't name that but that's no.
0: <laughs> What was the guy that won American Idol or came up second in American Clay Clay, Clay, Clay Clay Aiken, Clay Aiken. What how, how who that? were his what were his followers called Clay Claymax
1: Clay? oh, No don't. No do not sell this podcast with that shit <laughs> That needs to be edited We'll see. Ming-Na Wen. ming Wen. Of course, she's also a Disney legend, a Disney princess, an actual Disney legend, according to yep. Disney and their corporation. But she has done Star Wars, and she's a huge Star Wars fan. And mm-hmm. she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Melinda May, who was are one of my absolute favorite characters on the show. And, of course, we all know I'm a big Ming-Na fan, but Melinda May was a stone-cold badass.
0: Oh, she was. She was fantastic. I loved May. And as
1: much as I love Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, fuck, man, I I think Melinda May was even more badass.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And as much as as much as uh, to quote to quote T'Challa, as Ibande. much as this would be amusing <laughs> to see, I think I, I think the the real battle would be between May and uh, who was who was the the chief guard for for Black Panther? What was her name?
1: Uh Okoye.
0: Okoye, yes. I think that would be the ultimate battle, not not her and uh, uh, Black Widow. Do you, no. Do you disagree? you
1: A- disagree? A- no, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about it. That's all. Because it wasn't Okoye who was trying to throw down with uh, with Romanoff. It was um, Ayo.
0: Oh, it was.
1: You're right. Who's actually much taller? than the She is. Yeah, she is. You're correct. You He was correct. in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, though, so it was good. Some good continuity there.
0: That was really good continuity. I I, I knew that. Well, shoot. All right. Well, so that so we have we have Magna One,
1: probably the, right away, the apex. No, I actually think the Queen the Queen of Crossovers might very well be the first lady of Star Trek. Uh. Appearing on Babylon Five. Uh. Especially with all the early heat that came between the franchises. Ooh, but before, she might have been on Andromeda too. That doesn't count, her husband wrote it. <laughs> At least it's well, I mean it does count as her jumping franchises. That that is true. Um but I, 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 before we jump off of uh, Ming-Na Wen, uh, like we said, we Fennec Shan definitely a, a great addition to the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett, uh, as well mm-hmm. as Bad Batch. And I believe she is returning to voice Fennec Shan in the Bad Batch season two. That trailer just dropped. Looked awesome.
0: I didn't see it, but I saw it was trending. I know that Star Wars Celebration has been a thing going on.
1: There's been a lot of leaks of the other stuff that they have not shown publicly trailers of, like Ahsoka and uh, Mandalorian Season 3, but we haven't gotten any leaks of that. Apparently, they have shown clips of live-action Ezra, Hera, and Sabine.
0: Interesting. There was this thing going on about Ashley Eckstein, the voice of Ahsoka in, in the um, animation in the animated series. I don't know what it was, and it might have been amplified because you know the internet. But I guess like she kind of had like a breakdown or something because she wasn't, or she she showed emotion or something at not being picked to. Play the live action Ahsoka. Yeah, do you know she, anything
1: about this? No. But I do know she's been incredibly supportive. Of Rosario Dawson. And her performance. Yes. She, I think she has been angling to. Even get a voice cameo. I think. It would be great. If. In a. If there's a flashback scene. In Ahsoka. Where you might have her play the younger Ahsoka. Because she's. She's not a tall woman. Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson is taller than her. And she does have kind of a higher, kind of more youthful sounding voice, which is why she plays a lot of kids and stuff in her animation work. Right. That, that would be awesome. If you get live action, Kate Christian, live action Ashley Eckstein playing young... So you
0: <laughs> that would be pretty sweet.
1: Because there, Hayden Christensen was being cagey about whether or not he was in Ahsoka. But we all know he's going to be in Ahsoka. This is true. Anyway. That's where we're at with that. But I look forward to seeing more of Fennec Shand from Ming-Na Wen in... I know she'll voice... I think she's going to voice again in Bad Batch, and I'm sure she'll come back in whatever big showdown they have. If they do have a book of Boba Fett season two, I think she'll be great. I would absolutely love it if Marvel brought her back into the MCU somewhere as Melinda May. I mean, they've already brought several, I guess, alternate-ish versions of characters back. No, they're, yeah. Quake. Professor X.
0: I haven't seen it, but yeah, I <laughs> still haven't seen Doctor
1: Strange. Well, I mean, though. you couldn't hide Patrick Stewart's voice in the trailer.
0: No, you couldn't. No, I mean, There's pretty no much all the spoilers. There. Pretty much all the spoilers that are out there, I'm I'm mostly aware of now at this and point, point. and that's Campbell. just. Well, I knew Bruce. Cam- well, I knew obviously Bruce Campbell is in. It. I still don't know his role, but. Um,
1: it's fun and it's noticeable.
0: I feel really bummed out not seeing Dr. Strange. We were supposed to see Bob's Burgers this weekend. Mm. But, you know, like every like every family, we must make sacrifices for the greater good because of COVID. Yes. <laughs> yeah, How pretentious did that sound? That was Extremely. awful. <laughs> you
1: went into your pompous <laughs> voice, too. I did. So... Purposely. All right, so Ming-Na knocked, knocked that one out of the park. Maybe beat it into the ground a little bit. Uh, all right, so the first lady of Star Trek, Major Barrett Roddenberry. Yep. Who played 9-1-5. number one, played Christine Chapel, played yep. Loxana Troy, and was the voice of the Starfleet computer forever. All the
0: way until 2009.
1: Yep, and I guess there was a couple of voice cameos of computers in Discovery as well. Like some archival stuff.
0: They're not showing it here on IMDb, but that could be like an Easter egg kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Yep. But she did appear on Babylon 5 as the widow of The Centauri Emperor, Emperor Turhan, who died on a peace mission trying to basically apologize to the Narn, but the Centauri were like trying to assassinate. He was. They were like the Centauri was thinking of assassinating him, Jakar was going to assassinate him. Everybody wanted to kill this guy, <laughs> and he really just wanted to meet a Voilan and apologize to the Narn Jakar. This Jakar, is Jakar, yeah. particular, but and you get a moment where Jakar learns why that, that was a good episode where Jakar learns that the emperor's. Trying to make amends, and he. This is right after, fucking, after Londo sets the the plans of the uh, you know the Centauri attack on the Narn in motion, and Jakar's like, you know what, I'll, I'll drink to your Emperor and to you, and Lando's sitting there overlooking. Yeah, super like guilty. Oh, 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 oh. oh my God, that, that was yeah. such a great show, but like uh. I think a season <laughs> later. Um, his wife, who was a telepath, uh, and was, um, came to the station and was to meet with Londo as well. It was played by Major Barrett. And she, uh, she dropped a truth bomb on (laughs) Londo and Veer. What was the truth bomb? he told them both that they would be emperor. She's oh, like, then no, we both can't be emperor. She's like, well, one will be emperor after the other dies. And they they spend like the rest of the episode kind of nervously eyeballing <laughs> each other. And, and they're sitting towards the end of the episode. They're sitting in Londo's quarters, and he's like, "Don't you have a shuttle to catch?" And Veer's like, "Oh no, not for another couple hours." And then Veer's <laughs> like, "Oh, do you want?" Do you want something uh, to eat? I made dinner. And Londo's like, oh, is he trying to poison me? It's like, no, I'll, order, I'll order out or something. Yeah. Like that.
0: <laughs> That's great.
1: Yes. Uh, but I mean, she had her kind of, it was a bit more of a number one-ish kind of delivery. She was not uh, over the top like Lwaxana Troy. She wasn't, the shrinking violet-ish that her Christine Chapel was at times
0: she wasn't the strong the strong woman that we saw like the mix between the two as number 1
1: no she, which, she was, by the she was way, a bit more like number 1 as the emperor's wife
0: yeah which by the way seeing seeing that episode where where you saw the menagerie um, in, what was that two-parter that they did?
1: Uh, that was the Menagerie. You're talking about the cage.
0: The cage. Oh, that's right. In the Menagerie, seeing that two-part episode, because you never should actually see the cage. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it should be shown only in the, the context of uh, data tapes
1: in that trial with Spock. Bullshit. You should definitely watch the cage.
0: No. I disagree, but it's a respectful disagreement. It doesn't the matter.
1: Cage was I, I rewatched the cage. It's actually really good.
0: It is good. It's great. I just feel like for the context of Star Trek, it's meant to be shown as a. a you know, a history tape kind of thing. But anyway, I. I, ah, I
1: and she was not in Andromeda, but <laughs> she apparently, was in
0: Earth final conflict.
1: Yes, she was.
0: Yeah,
1: another, I knew it was one of those. Another too. one of those projects that Gene Roddenberry had created, but didn't actually uh, put to uh, put the film at time. So
0: she and was Dramata. the one who I, th-
1: I think she was the one who actually got both of them off the ground. Yes,
0: she did. Well, in she was like a stayed, producer yeah. or
1: something like that.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, and networks were... Roddenberry
1: were, was like Tupac, just kept knocking things out after he died.
0: Well, that's the thing. I mean, networks were looking for the next syndicated deal because they saw Star Trek was the first, like, syndicated show to really show the power of syndication on first-run basis, right? You
1: well, we saw Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, both have success. Babylon Hercules. 5 has success.
0: Sam Raimi's Hercules and and
1: Xena as well
0: was the next generation to show how well that could still work out. So at that point in the late nineties, 96, 97,
1: they were looking, that was when they
0: started mining. was
1: Was Stargate eventually syndicated?
0: No. Um, well, yes. Okay. So what it would do is it would air, it would air on Showtime for the first year of that season. And then when it got to season two, season one, went to network syndication airing mm-hmm. once a week. Does that make sense?
1: So season 1 was on Showtime originally and then it moved to syndication.
0: Right, and it was on StarGate was on Showtime like all the way through season 6, I think. And then season 7 it went to Sci-Fi. But until then it was on Showtime. That season was on Every season was exclusively on Showtime for a full year, and then when that year was up, that's when they would air the new that that season on network television.
1: Oh, so they would drop it the next year. It was a so year delay. When so you okay, I get it. Yeah, money. So, right. Um, well, and, fair and that's
0: when I just started buying DVDs. So, right.
1: but, <laughs> so, Angel Roddenberry doing the crossover, obviously. She had several relatively prominent recurring roles in Star Trek. Um, her obviously her most her biggest role was really outside of being the wife of Jean Ronberry was actually all the time she was the enterprise computer.
0: Yeah. I mean she that was
1: that then, was her most that, that was her most prolific role.
0: I always pictured her as the voice of the enterprise.
1: She was the voice of the Enterprise, but she was also the voice of, like, uh, the Defiant Runabouts, Voyager. yeah. about yeah, any other Starfleet technology.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: While we're on the subject of Babylon 5... Uh-oh. Name the other huge one.
0: Walter Koenig?
1: Walter Koenig. <laughs> who's Alfred Bester... The Psycop the was so good, it show it really showed just how good of an actor Walter Koenig truly is. The whole nuclear vessels captain and yeah. this cheesy Russian accent with this uh, monkeys slash Beatles haircut from yes. the 60s. I mean, sadly, Chekhov didn't get a ton to do aside from being the impulsive young guy with a funny accent.
0: <laughs> I will say this. And this is to Walter Koenig's um, benefit. I found Bester to be unsettling when I first oh, watched. Oh yeah, it. he was I found. I, it was very he was very uncomfortable, and 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 part of it was because that wasn't the Chekhov I knew and loved. And by the way, obviously not the same character. But being as young as I was when that first came out, I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't know if I can do
1: this. He like, was better as Bester than he ever was as Chekhov.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: And absolutely. And to be, and just so you know, I think Chekhov in Star Trek II was a very good performance. Yes. His Chekhov in that role, that was the most you got to see, I think, out of Walter Koenig as Chekhov was that. Actually, he was actually pretty good in Generations too. Like when he's muttering in Russian when there's no sick bay, He's like, you, you, you're both medics. Let's go.
0: But that was that was because he took DeForest Kelly's
1: role. Yeah. <laughs> but he just threw in some Russian curse or something. Bonjour, moi.
0: <laughs> you, you, no. you're now medics. Let's go.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was kind of a McCoy kind of thing, too. But Bester... Oh my god, Bester was so devious and he was so slimy. And he you know, he had all this air of politeness about him, but it was mm-hmm. always menacing. Yes. He was pitch perfect. To be honest with he- you, if I'm struggling to think of who would be that good as that character in the reboot.
0: I've got a suggestion for you but you're not too familiar and you might you might be you might poo poo it I gotta be honest with you I gotta um oh okay quick, quick, quick. Harry Potter's Dolores Umbridge from the fifth book she was if you watch that movie
1: I'm not She in was the mood the s- for gender swapping
0: oh stop it no, I'm, no I'm just saying she she played that exact same kind of character. She was the sickly sweet. She dressed all prim and proper. Well, that she was, was high. Very kindly. Yeah, a lot like high wind, but even more saccharine sweet. She had like kitten pictures of kittens uh, in or her office murdered
1: kittens or something.
0: No, she didn't murder kittens. She loved kittens, but she Definitely, she said one thing while meaning another in such a saccharine sweet tone that I think
1: was that would work. Saccharine sweet, but he was de- he was deviously and menacingly charming. He was basically yes. a serial killer. Yeah, one of, he was. He was a these, psychopath. He it's was like one of these killer. really charming serial killers.
0: It was Ted Bundy.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, and he would always, always get under Garibaldi's skin. Always.
0: Would it be weird if I said I think I would be a good serial killer if not for the killing part?
1: <laughs> yes, that's not something you probably want to put on on public airways.
0: Oh, okay, all right. I'm just making sure.
1: I'm just making but sure. This is just between the two Chekhov of us. was not a bad <laughs> character. He was fairly underwritten. Although, again, I will say. That he, that him, excuse me, that he, his performance in The Wrath of Khan was excellent. The whole, like when he's like, holy shit, this is Khan ship. We got to get the fuck out. Yeah.
0: Oh, man, that realization. It was slow and it was gradual. S.S. Botany Bay. The Botany Bay. Mind you, it's been seven years since I've seen this movie. I may, I, I forced my wife to watch uh, Wrath of Khan right after Nimoy's death, by the way. Still. And
1: then I cried. And then I cried the like a baby after. Star Trek movie.
0: Uh, six, is a, six is a close, is six a close is second. Six
1: is close, and First Contact is right up there, too. That would yeah. be my top three.
0: I would agree. I would agree with that. Def- no, well, what about four? We love four. Four is in its own category. Four was
1: fun. That that's in the top five, and I think B, uh, Star Trek Beyond would have to be in. I think those would be the top five for me.
0: All right, we do need to do an analysis in the whole start the original Star Trek movie uh, genre about how they put a complete trilogy in the middle of six movies.
1: Quite impressive, by the way. Um, but we'll Not get into that in another time. No. Yes. Especially um, since four in many ways felt like a bit of an epilogue at times, but it was all still connected and they did not resolve everything until the end of four. No, that being said, hey,
0: you still saw if five was dealing with the repercussions thereof still after. Oh. Um, OK, that being said, uh, are we moving on?
1: Yes, I think so. Because, I got one. Yeah, I think we're. Yes.
0: Sorry, you you wanted to add no, no, one go more ahead. Thing. Jason
1: Momoa. Ooh, he was in Game of Thrones. Uh, you said Stargate he was in Atlantis. Atlantis, and he's Aquaman. And
0: Aquaman. He also he also played Conan the Bar- the Barbarian.
1: Ooh, which is another sword and sandals franchise.
0: It is. It uh, is
1: fantasy. Legendary. I mean, that Conan stories have been written for what, 90 years, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, something like was that.
1: It, something like the 30s, the Conan stories?
0: Yeah. I mean, the movie bombed. It was his first venture after uh, Stargate Atlantis. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, he still... <laughs> that that young kid was able to scrap himself out of that jam and, well, you know, kind of make a name for himself here and there. I mean,
1: he made Aquaman so badass. The Aquaman movie was good
0: I never saw it Dude I just have no desire
1: Two weeks in a row An Aquaman movie drop And you are still whiffing I am Julie Andrews was in fucking Aquaman You are right We talked about it last week Yeah we did And I haven't seen it That was one of my drops Julie Andrews was It was good Hey, I know Mara it was Morrison. good. I know. From Warren Morrison. He was There's in it? It's his dad. It's his dad. No way. I'm not sure how he plays a lighthouse keeper from Maine, but it's okay. I don't care. <laughs> at the, at <laughs> Maine has grown quite of-
0: diverse in the last few years, if you haven't noticed.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> but, but They also do a... Filming an early scene at the Boston Aquarium.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) You you use quotes for the Boston Aquarium.
1: Right, because there is no Boston Aquarium. It's the New England Aquarium. That being said, we get a little New England love in Aquaman. Plus, I mean, it had a loaded cast. I told you that. Aquaman was actually pretty good. I enjoyed Aquaman. It might actually still spin off a horror movie.
0: I'm not seeing him listed here. Is he just like a camo- cameo or something? Ooh. Like Tamora Morrison. Oh. Aquaman? Shoot. Never mind. Uh, ignore me.
1: Well, anyway. Jason Momoa. Cal Drogo. In. Game of Thrones. Yep. A large. A- an expanding franchise. Who. Was a fascinating character kind of not likable at first but you kind of start to root for him towards the end of the first season
0: that's cal drago yeah
1: as cal as cal drogo yeah plus he, um, looked, he looked every bit the barbarian warrior <laughs> i mean he's this big strapping muscular handsome dude with yep. naturally long hair yeah a ripped physique Perfect. I mean, he was perfect for it. And then as Aquaman, he gave Aquaman gravitas. He
0: did. He did. And you you didn't see Stargate Atlantis, but he added a whole new level of fear to the Wraith that were the bad guys. Oh, he was one of the bad guys? No, no. What he was in, in Atlantis was he was a runner. Meaning, so most of the Wraith would go, would hibernate for, you know, hundreds of years to allow the human populations to re, you know, regrow and everything. And then they would come back out and do a calling every two or 300 years. Right. Um, So a lot of the human populations grew weary of this and they would like build underground. However, some of the civil, they, not all the Wraith would hibernate. Some of them would just like be awake the entire time and they feasted on your soul, right? So they didn't age. Mm. So what they did was for sport, some of these they, they were the hunters. They would they would take some of the people from worlds that they destroyed and implant them with a tracking beacon and hunt them for all of eternity. Because they could they could sense in them like that they were a good survivor.
1: Oh, so, so he was Derek one of down. the guys who was being hunted
0: perpetually until he ran, he, until he came across the, 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 the SG Atlantis team, and they were able to get rid of the, the thing without killing him. So, and he added a whole new level because he had this PTSD. He was able to train Layla, who was another local.
1: Oh, sorry,
0: I know. Layla. Yeah. Um, I think it was Leela. No, no, not Leela. Layla. It was Tayla. Damn it. It was Tayla. He worked with Tayla and she was a warrior for her people too. Anyway, he added a whole new level to the, to the, the show, which was great.
1: So. Excellent. And again, I liked his Arthur Curry. <laughs>
0: All right, your your uh your venture.
1: Oh my, George Takei. Okay. He voiced a villain in Star Wars: The Clone Wars.
0: Oh, he did.
1: Who was he it? He did. He was a he was a Neimoidian general who was basically trying to using some sort of defoliant it was like almost like a, a napalm type thing where it like wipes yeah, out all organic matter but leaves you know
0: animal matter
1: well yeah but it let leaves like uh you know machinery unf- unaffected right yeah yeah it was a good it was a good episode um and apparently it was originally intended to be a recurring role but the scheduling just never quite worked out. But
0: For the Clone Wars.
1: Yes, I do believe he was the first Star Trek regular to cross to Star Wars.
0: Do we have others?
1: Oh yes. Well, you get Simon Pegg, who uh, Scotty. Well, <laughs> it does He was He's a, a
0: second-rate Scotty and He uh, was still
1: Scotty in three movies And he <laughs> w- was, of course um, In Force Awakens um, I want to say he was in One of the others, too
0: It was the Unger Placht or something Unger. Yeah, it was
1: the fat guy who wouldn't give Rey food
0: Yeah Well, he, he wanted to give her all the food for the droid
1: yeah, so, twenty-seven
0: portions, <laughs> or something like that, or a right. hundred portions, or I don't know.
1: So, him, Brent Spiner, played uh, a a an imperial senator who was thought to have rebel leanings in an episode of Rebels. He had his most pompous ass voice. Oh,
0: the, the voice of Puck from Gargoyles, I bet.
1: Probably. Very officious and whatnot. And he oh, was, no, never mind. And it turns out he was a double agent trying to draw rebel spies out. And he gets Right. Caught. I hear he's
0: an ass in real life, by the way.
1: As you've mentioned, in like, like three straight episodes.
0: Yep. I've said it before. I'm going to so say it so again. Mu-
1: so much for us getting him on our podcast. Yeah, like lot,
0: what's gonna happen? Yeah, I'll be sure to do that for five hundred dollars. <laughs> His cameo and big bang theory for fifty bucks. Oh, I got some Mr. Data stuff in my car. You want some of that? Yes, Fred Spiner. Great, for fifty dollars. So <laughs> it
1: just you've just made the list. Yeah.
0: You know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. You're good. So, yeah, it was, um yeah, but he he's done it. Uh, and, of course, George Takei also has appeared as himself in several sci-fi adjacent TV shows like Third Rock from Third the, Rock the Sun. Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. Uh, <laughs> as well as... Um,
0: what was that? Bang what what was the episode? What, was it the Independence it a, Day
1: episode? No, it was a sci-fi convention. They all go to a yeah, sci-fi convention.
0: But they saw Independence Day, and the aliens were all freaked out because they're like, "Is this what Earthers think of us?"
1: Yeah, they they all kind of got pissed off about the. Uh,
0: they were pissed. They were scared. Like yeah, it was. A, didn't want humans to like want to kill them.
1: Yeah, I know. It was it was a ridiculous episode. that's was uh, great. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So he he crossed the aisle. You have well, Katie Sackhoff, Babylon Five. Excuse me, Battlestar Galactica, Star Wars, Futurama. Yeah. And she was in the Bionic Woman remake. I mean, her sci-fi cred is immaculate.
0: Yeah, she's got a lot under her plate, doesn't she?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. All you need to know is that she's been playing Bo-Katan for like 10 years.
0: That's true. Actually,
1: maybe maybe 12 years she's been playing Bo-Katan.
0: Something along that line.
1: Three separate TV series. Wouldn't surprise me if she shows up in Bad Batch, either.
0: No, she will.
1: It, it won't. It wouldn't surprise me if you see some. What actually happens to Mandalore? Stuff happened there because you're seeing a lot of these things that they talked about. In, in, the, in the
0: live action. In shows.
1: Rebels or some of these other things after yeah. Order sixty six, so. You you get um, she she's she's a sci fi queen.
0: <laughs> Sci-fi queen. Absolutely. Um, She's two
1: major franchises and does not have qualms about jumping into others.
0: So, all right, you got to. Huh. All right. Well, I'm just going to mention this one because it'll jump right into my next question. John Favreau. Boom.
1: Iron Man. Star Wars.
0: Star Wars. Yeah, uh, Marvel. Is he in anything else? I'm sure. Elf? No. (laughs) I mean he directed it. By the way, he says that I I think I already said this, but Elf was what got him into Marvel, by the way. Because
1: they liked how he directed.
0: Well, Kevin Feige saw that Favreau could make a good movie with that wasn't a straight up comedy, be comedic, and be a huge box office draw.
1: Yeah, which is interesting. Favreau, well, his sci-fi cred is um, pretty solid right now. If, if you've watched, uh, you know, any any of the the Star Wars Gallery stuff.
0: Well, he was one of the first Mandalorians. He held the dark That He be, was one for us to pre Vizsla. Pre Vizsla.
1: He was the leader of Night of uh, Death Watch.
0: Death Watch. That's right.
1: Who Bo Katan was part of. So, Katie Sackhoff and Jon Favreau have been doing Mandalorian shit together for a while. His role as Happy Hogan has been a nice and amusing part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
0: I had no memory of him being in the first Iron Man.
1: He He didn't have that huge a role.
0: No, he didn't.
1: Or much of a personality.
0: The second movie is when I remember seeing him. Yeah. Obviously, he played a fantastic amount of himself in the third movie, watching Downton Abbey, which we finally just finished last night.
1: What an excellent TV series.
0: It's a great series. It's one of those series where you have to pay attention to every single thing they say. Because every line has a meaning.
1: Yes, and especially you have to pay attention to Maggie Smith, who every line is filled (laughs) with... is it's, a one-liner. <laughs> oh, it's every line she has is brilliant.
0: It's so great. I wish I could be that intelligent, but I'm not.
1: <laughs> that wit is just so sharp. hmm But anyway, Jon Favreau does have very strong sci-fi cred. Yep. If nothing else, the fact that he directed two Iron Man movies and continued to appear in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I liked his interactions with in Spider-Man. To be honest with you,
0: well, and that showed that showed how deep Happy was, you know.
1: Well, even even first, like where um, he's like, all right. like Tony dumps him off on Happy <laughs> yeah. in the first yeah. Spider Man, but yeah. <laughs> I like I liked his speech to to Peter in um, Far, from I, it, Far from Home. Far from Home. In the in the Quinjet or the, the yeah. whatever, the, it's like you're not Tony. You'll never be Tony. But he's like, you don't have to be Tony. You have to be you. You know, actually, I like the scene with him and Morgan Stark, where he's sitting there wow. at, at Tony's funeral.
0: You hungry? Was, yeah. What do you want? Cheeseburgers cheeseburgers. I'll get you all the cheeseburgers. But he said
1: Tony liked cheeseburgers and Tony, yeah. that was the first That's thing. Remember when he's in the car he's in the cars, like, I want two things. First, I want an American cheeseburger and then I want a press conference. Yeah. And he's sitting there just pounding like, the, like <laughs> I think the McDonald's It was a like,
0: Burger King, first off.
1: Was it Burger King?
0: Dude, they went to Burger King. First of all, you don't go to Burger King. You go to Hardee's. Actually, out here it's it's Carl's Jr. But
1: In-N-Out Burger um, near the In-N-Out Burger.
0: Oh, okay, actually, you would go to In-N-Out.
1: Yeah, you had see? In-N-Out. What's that? You
0: had In-N-Out. I forget. You you lived out in Texas at one point.
1: Yeah, they had it. I wasn't overly impressed. If I was gonna if I was gonna have a a fast food burger in Texas, I was going to Whataburger anyway.
0: Uh, I've never had Whataburger.
1: If you ever go to Texas, get a Whataburger.
0: You know, I, I will. I will. Steak and Shake, I hear, is good, but I I see that they cook their burgers like medium.
1: Mm. Ugh. It's better than White Castle. Well, steamed burgers. I don't. I don't. Steamed I, hams. I, I'm not gonna <laughs> I eat a steamed ham. Which, by the I'm way, a is a myself. classic. <laughs> steamed hams, even though they clearly have grill mark on them.
0: Uh-huh, it's it's a
1: regional expression. <laughs> what region? Upstate New York. Really? I'm from Utica and I've never heard it. Well, not in Utica. And what was well, that coming from your kitchen? Aurora Borealis. Aurora Borealis. At in this your time kit- of year at this longitude, coming completely from within your kitchen. Yes. hmm Can I see May it? I see. <laughs> no. <laughs> What was that like? It was like 22 <laughs> minutes of Springfield or something like that. I mean, it was like, like
0: 22 stories in Springfield or something. Yeah, yeah it, it was, was
1: all like little minute things.
0: They, 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 that was a brilliant episode. That was probably one of the best. Which, again, you know, seeing it when I saw it for the first time as a young pup did not appreciate at all.
1: <laughs> Steamed Hams still Steamed lives on. Hams. Especially it now it's very memeable, but and God knows how many sci-fi legends have shown up in The Simpsons. Oh, my God. Normally, it's playing themselves like Leonard Nimoy's been on there numerous times in some of their best episodes, too. Yeah. Yeah. Leonard Nimoy, he's a man who did several different franchises. He was Galvatron. Oh, that's Transformers, right. the yes. movie. And, of course, he was. He was Spock.
0: Who played the voice of Galvatron in the TV show?
1: Uh I was probably the same guy who did Megatron, I think.
0: Because, honestly, I had a minor meltdown because I downloaded... I'm sorry, I was exposed to Transformers the movie back in 2003. <laughs> and I saw that, you know, you had... Um, What's-his-face? War of the Worlds guy. Um, shoot. What's his name? Uh, Orson Welles. No. No. Orson... Something.
1: Well, the story was H.G. Wells, wasn't
0: it? It was a, the story was a, Orson Welles. It's Orson Welles. Who did who? No, you're going to make me look this up. Um, the voice of the voice of um, Oh God, the voice of Unicron.
1: That was Orson Welles.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm Which saying. Which
1: we discussed last week. I
0: know, but what I'm saying is, I had a minor breakdown when I first saw Transformers, the movie, as a minor adult in 2003, mm-hmm. seeing that it was Leonard Nimoy, who was the voice of Galvatron.
1: And he I remember was also the voice of the Fallen in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen.
0: Well, that was an homage to him being Galvatron in the movie. But. My point being was, I remember the third season of Transformers had a completely new cast and it was Hot Rod and it was Galvatron and Chronix and Ultra Magnus and, well, Ultra Magnus was killed in the movie. But...
1: Yeah, but they um, built him in the movie. Remember the the junk people with... uh, That's
0: right, they did rebuild him in the movie, yeah. With Eric Idle. Yeah. So... Uh, so I had this minor breakdown, going, "Wait, did Leonard Nimoy play that role in the TV show that I watched and hated because it wasn't
1: Optimus Prime?" And Optimus
0: Prime. I mean, the only the only Transformer I knew was Bumblebee.
1: <laughs> so he's done tra- he's done Transformers a few times, and he's done, of course. Star Trek. Yup. He was in the Twilight Zone and Mission Impossible.
0: Oh uh, yeah. We can't forget Twilight Zone.
1: Many it, Kirk, yeah, many of these guys were in Twilight Zone. It was one of those anthologies that people would be in. He was in Get Smart.
0: Oh, uh-huh. uh, Leonard Nemo was also in an episode of TJ Hooker.
1: <laughs> of course he was. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> in the episode,
0: That's an episode that I need to watch, by the way.
1: Now that here's one for you. He was the host of In Search of on. Yes, he was. History. I
0: would watch that in the late nineties.
1: And the coolest thing was, I remember watching it. It was on the History Channel. I remember they did the episode on the Titanic, where it's like, we still don't know where it is. And then, like two years after the fucking (laughs) show ended, they found the Titanic. (laughs) I know, it's great, right? Kind of like those episodes of Unsolved Mysteries where, you know, they would come back like two years later and it's like, and we got an update on a mystery that had been unsolved, but is yeah. no longer.
0: <laughs> oh, you gotta love that ne- stuff.
1: Needless to say, oh, he did an episode of The Outer Limits.
0: The more recent one?
1: From the or 90s? the older one? The one from oh, the Oh, he 90s. did, huh? And, of course, he was himself in Futurama. Oh, he was in Invasion America. That's right. I forgot about that one.
0: Invasion America.
1: It was a miniseries that was dropped in the 90s, in the late 90s. It was about, (sighs) like, an alien prince who was basically exiled on Earth uh, Okay. because uh, of, like, a civil war at home. And basically, Leonard Nimoy plays one of the uh, enemy faction infiltrating the U.S. government, and it eventually became the war. I remember it or- just
0: being invasion, and it's like this one, this one detective or something that worked to try to to call these people out.
1: Well, it was it was animated.
0: Oh, what? Uh, never mind. Then completely yeah. different show. Yeah. My bad,
1: and of course, don't forget he also played. Um, he played uh, 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 action figure Spock in Big
0: Bang Theory. <laughs> well, yeah,
1: he did play a recurring role in Fringe.
0: He did with uh, what's his name from Mighty Ducks.
1: Uh, yeah, Goldberg.
0: Yeah, no, not Goldberg. I <laughs> know. <Heck> <laughs> Joshua
1: Jackson, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was Joshua Jackson. By the way, he I think he recurred his role in The Outer Limits for iRobot. So he played the same character. Legendary lawyer Thomas Cutler.
1: Well, needless Mount to say. Thurman Cutler. Hmm. Leonard Nimoy, for Spock alone, is a sci-fi legend. But he did do other things within the sci-fi community. Um, Shatner had a guest role as a dictator in an episode in an early episode of Sequest. Yeah, that was And a if good we're going to talk franchise hopping or at least expansion, Mark Hamill.
0: Well, we do in the shadows. I knew it. I knew you were going to bring that up.
1: Mark Hamill was in what we do in the shadows.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was
1: <laughs> the original movie or the TV show.
0: The no, the TV show. It was a fantastic. It was probably one of the best episodes they ever made. Season two, the 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 creation of Jackie Daytona.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so he's in horror comedy.
0: Oh, it was fantastic.
1: But he you was need to a, see
0: that episode. I promise you would love he, it.
1: He was he played an alien masquerading as a say blind human scientist in. Sequest in a couple of episodes. And Did then, he? yes. And it's then. Third he, season or second yes, season? Second, uh, second season, I believe. But then he became the Joker. Yes. And is his Joker, maybe one might be one of the best. I mean, I would and agree. he has reprised it in Robot Chicken, in video games, in direct to DVD movies. The Arkham.
0: The Arkham series and, oh, the, yeah. and the, the, X, He's, uh, the Xbox series. Yeah. He
1: played Joker longer than anybody. He's played it more than anybody. And for many people, he might be their definitive Joker. And of course, Batman definitely strays into science fiction, fantasy, superhero stuff. So you can't argue with the fact that Mark Hamill has done it. Uh, here's one that's a good one. Three. Legendary sci-fi franchises. Uh-oh. Bill Mooney.
0: Oh, all right. Well, Lost in Space.
1: He was the original. Babylon Robinson. Five. Lost in Will Space. Will
0: Robinson.
1: Lanier uh, in Babylon Five. Who that was? A, he did a great job as Lanier. And he was in an episode of Deep Space Nine.
0: Siege of AR five five eight. AR five five eight.
1: Yep. He plays this O'Brien light. Kind he was. Like,
0: he was a. He was a good engineer.
1: Yeah, he was a, like an enlisted engineer. who Was trying mm-hmm. to work on this stuff.
0: Yeah, he was great. He was great in that. I was so sad to see that he died in that episode. Spoiler he alert!
1: Showed, oh yeah, that was a bummer. Because <laughs> uh, I'm
0: like, oh, we get to see. We'll get to see him again. This will be great. I'll like maybe, this.
1: Maybe he'll show up again on Deep Space Nine somewhere. Yeah, no. Nope. Awesome if he like ended up working for O'Brien for an episode
0: yeah no and and the problem you know here's what the problem was he had too much screen time so that's that's guaranteed that he was gonna die
1: eh, yeah usually <laughs> <laughs> but again, but he did he jumped and by
0: the way at that time during the siege of a yeah was it ar a r five five eight during the siege of a r five five eight the lost in space movie came out and he was not he 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 they brought him in he did some screen tests and he was cut and they had to recast him
1: who was he going to
0: he was gonna play the adult will robinson
1: oh that's but awesome. he didn't
0: they didn't but he he didn't play up to what they wanted
1: well so they maybe that's good because that wasn't a good movie
0: it was a terrible movie. It was awful. And it's,
1: and it's a shame because you had some really good actors like William Hurt and and Gary Oldman, Amy
0: Rogers,
1: but Heather. Still, it wasn't, What's her face? It was not a Lacey great movie.
0: Chabert. Lacey Chabert.
1: Not that strong an actress.
0: I had a crush on her when I was growing up. So a man well, could dream at some point, right? Yes.
1: But. There's there's a good one. I mean, there's there's so Shoot, many I'm drawing get, a blank. Well, no, there's just <laughs> there's so a lot guest actors who have showed up in other stuff too.
0: Yeah, I had a whole list, and I didn't even write it down. What?
1: Um, I mean, you you can literally run out of time on on this list. There's just so many, but when you think about Some of the biggies who crossed over are big. I mean,
0: now are we talking about TV and movie or just movie? TV
1: and movie.
0: Sigourney Weaver is purely movie.
1: Ah, Sigourney Weaver was also the villain of the Defenders.
0: Oh, that's she was. You're right. You're you're right. By the way,
1: Galaxy the most Quest
0: disappointing villain ever because they just didn't use her the right way.
1: No, it was a little disappointing.
0: And Galaxy Quest was fantastic. We've talked about that.
1: Right. Oh, there you are Nathan Fillion.
0: Uh, Firefly. Firefly. Green, Lantern? Green Lantern. Wait. Oh, as the voice of Green Lantern?
1: Yeah, he's. He's voiced Green Lantern on a lot of the uh, the uh, DC animated movies.
0: Yeah,
1: does a Because great there film.
0: was, remember that fan trailer with that 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 was made of him before the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern came out, where it showed where. Uh, what's his name? Ryan? Uh, no, what's his name? Hal Jordan? No, well, Hal Jordan, yes, but played Fillion? him. Nathan Fillion. Where Nathan Fillion was uh, uh, the main character in the fan-made trailer. Did you I ever see
1: that? I think so. It he was great. It came he would have been good. 2010.
0: Yeah, he would have been great.
1: Big A Bang Theory. Old. The Big Bang Theory even commented on it. It's like, why did we have Ryan Reynolds and not lovable rogue Nathan Fillion as the yeah. main <laughs> Well, and you see, there you are. When you start looking at the Marvel and DC universes, there's plenty of people who crossed over and done both.
0: But that's one genre, right? Are we talking about franchise? I mean, I guess
1: it's we're a talking model. franchise. Yeah, because Star Trek and Star Wars are generally the same genre.
0: Yeah, no, you're right.
1: I mean. I mean, your your lead off was Ming-Na Wen.
0: You are correct.
1: But <laughs> you're mean, not wrong, sir. <laughs> You're such an ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have Well, there, so Nathan Fillion has done a couple of roles in DC animated. He was uh, also Vigilante in uh, the Justice League Unlimited series.
0: Yeah. Well, um, he was in Firefly.
1: He was in Firefly. He was I think that was, was his lantern.
0: like breakout role, was it not?
1: It was his breakout role. I mean, he'd been kicking around and doing stuff. um, But that's kind of what helped make him kind of the sci fi icon. He's done a lot of voice. He's a James Gunn guy. So he's had a lot of voice cameos. It's true. He was Slither. Right. But he's also had voice cameos in both Guardians. He had a voice cameo in Guardians 1 and like a, a picture cameo somewhere in Guardians 2.
0: Yeah, he played, he was playing um, Stark.
1: He was playing an actor who was playing An actor
0: Stark. playing Stark in a movie poster.
1: He, he's been playing play a Booster gold movie off the ground or TV show off the ground forever. Yeah. Um, he's, I mean, he's played himself numerous times. Uh, but Batman will dive into uh, sci-fi and fantasy. Wouldn't surprise me if he shows up in a Star Wars project at some point. <laughs> but that, got there you are, Patrick Stewart. X-Men. Yeah,
0: yeah that's obvious. I should, I should have been mentioned way early. I remember, and we I think I already talked about it. Um, how 92 Pro FM, Giovanni from Giovanni and Kim. I don't think you listened to that that station.
1: Nope. What did, did you not. listen
0: to in high school, man?
1: I listened to Countryman. You did. He's done a lot in the DC animated universe, Nathan Fillion. Yeah. He played Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman animated movie. Uh, He's played Hal Jordan numerous times. He was in the Percy Jackson movies.
0: He was? That's awesome. That's on Disney+. Plus.
1: He played Hermes.
0: Oh, Interesting.
1: Yep, he. Oh, uh... so he! Oh, he was in Suicide Squad. I knew there was. Something. Oh yeah, he was that's in the right. Suicide Squad recently. The
0: Suicide Squad. That's uh, that's I mean...
1: right. Oh, he was in Buffy. That's right. He after Firefly got canceled, he was one of the bad guys in Buffy's last season. Hmm. <laughs> He did voice work on American Dad.
0: Oh well, yeah.
1: And of course, he he definitely did many voice roles on Robot Chicken.
0: Yeah, yeah, he has. I've been on an American Dad kick the last uh, last week or so, so.
1: And of course, he was he was Captain Hammer in the Doctor Horrible sing along blog.
0: Recently watched, rewatched. <laughs> A man's gotta do.
1: Yeah. The hey, hammer, buddy. The hammers my. Me. What if I'd been a knife? Yeah. <laughs> it was, that, was surprisingly fun. Like. No. that was. That was. This
0: is what pain feels like. No.
1: That was surprisingly amusing. Um, but he's got super cred when it comes to. it. I mean, he's done DC. He's done Marvel, and of course, Firefly. His time in Star Wars is coming. I yeah, it's it. a
0: matter of time.
1: It's a matter of time.
0: Yeah, it's a matter of time. Um, Patrick Stewart. We don't need to talk about, right? We just know. He's, X-Men. It is what it is. Robin Star- Hood Star- men in
1: tights. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling we're missing something, though, with Patrick. I mean, he American Dad with him, but.
0: Um, he was some Blunt Talk. Oh no,
1: there's yeah, rumor that he was going to be
0: in the Orville. Oh, that. But was... well, there it you would go. be great. I don't think he will though, because I think I think he because of Star Trek Picard, I think that he was banned from being on the Orville.
1: Well, I'm sure since as a main star, but that hasn't stopped tons of Star Trek actors from being on it. Tim Russ, Ethan Phillips, Robert Picardo. uh,
0: None of whom were on Star Trek Picard.
1: No, no, but just saying in general. Um, And none of whom are being
0: asked back. Eddie Johnson.
1: Penny Johnson. Oh, Penny Johnson. Penny Johnson Johnson. Gerald.
0: Well, yeah, she's a regular character. But, I mean, yeah.
1: And, of course, uh, Seth MacFarlane guest star on star trek enterprise yeah and he had a recurring role
0: and yes he did and he was in um oh god what was that ron perlman movie with the, he was the devil child
1: was um, he in hellboy
0: he was hellboy he was he was in hellboy 2
1: yes Seth MacFarlane? that's the robot oh he was in futurama
0: he was the german robot
1: a German robot, of course.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was his feature film debut. That was Seth MacFarlane's feature film debut. Doing voice
1: work makes sense.
0: Yes, of course, but still feature film debut.
1: Hey, there you go. Guy's got strong sci-fi cred. Yeah, I and mean, we all know he's a huge sci-fi nerd. Uh-huh. But you know, outside of being in everything that he's done. <laughs> But I mean he's, he's been on the Simpsons. I mean he's, he's an
0: interesting he, guy. I I feel like he's hated by everyone for some reason. Oh,
1: I mean the he, internet he,
0: hates him.
1: He can be a little pompous and he can be um and he can be kind of heavy-handed with his political commentary.
0: But he's he's on the internet side when it comes to that political commentary though. And and yeah, well, th- you that know internet how it is. still hates him like worse. Like, I don't know.
1: I think he, this is, I think, the reason why. If you ever watch, like, the... the, the If you ever watch the DVD extras of, like, the first couple of seasons of Family Guy, and they're showing, the, like, the table reads of early days of Family Guy, and you realize just what a big dweeb Seth MacFarlane used to be? <laughs> he had huge glasses, like, like saucers. Not, like, thick. Yeah. They were just huge. Yeah. He kind of had this, like... Short buzz cut, kind of dressed, kind of it's true. He was he probably like a
0: nerd, wasn't he? He was he is, probably a big nerd.
1: Still a nerd. Yeah. He was probably he went to Rhode Island School of Design, man. I mean, he was he was one of those kids who was probably not amongst the most popular kids growing up. Kind of nerd no, he was not. Was the artsy nerdy kid. And, and then think he, of how many times he gets, I'd
0: been By that school and how many times he probably was there.
1: Well, just think about it. He, he gets, he finally gets some success. He probably gets a personal trainer, gets his teeth whitened, gets, if not laser eye surgery, at least contacts, you know, grows his hair out, you know, and and gets to do Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And he's actually a decent look, you know, he's a good looking guy with a lot of talent. The guy can sing. He's funny. He he can do killer impressions, so, I mean, he's, people probably are jealous of him. At one point, he had three TV shows running at once. I mean, technically, he still technically does have three TV shows. Yeah,
0: American Dad's still going strong, family guy, obviously. The Orville. And then The Orville's coming out this week.
1: He gets to make his own Star Trek show.
0: Well, he went to Fox. I mean, he went to NBC or CBS. I think he went to CBS and he said, listen, I want to reboot Star Not reboot. I want to revive Star Trek. And they're like, we love that we want to we love that you want to re- revive it, but not with you. <laughs> it was like, OK. And at one point he went to NBC and he said, can we try to co-finance with each other and buy the rights to Star Trek from CBS? He you literally tried to way. do that. Yeah, yeah, he literally tried to do it, didn't work. Um because they were working with JJ Abrams at that point. So uh, how how well is that working out for them?
1: Well I mean Strange New go. Worlds Any, is probably anybody that JJ Abrams has worked on in both Star Wars and Star Trek, he's brought his people. His his buddy Greg Grunberg, who shows yeah. up in all his stuff. He was in Star Trek. He was in Star Wars.
0: Felicity. Alias, I'm sure.
1: Oh, he actually um, has a recurring role. Has had a, uh, well, I don't know if it's truly recurring. He's had a couple of guest spots as, as a guy on um, The Rookie with Nathan Fillion.
0: Nah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it is what it is, man. You get, uh, it's good to stay connected. I mean, we just talked about Bruce King. Campbell being in all Sam Raimi stuff. We talked about, I mean, Mel Brooks had his staple of actors he wanted to have.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, Adam Sandler, he, Adam he Sandler. acts with all of his friends. He uses he uses movies as an excuse to, to finance a vacation.
1: Yeah, and some of them are Which, good. I, some mean, them <laughs> I mean, it's not
0: wrong. I mean, it's fine. It's good if it,
1: you can pull it off.
0: And if you can, great, more power to you as you should do, you know, learn, learn, learn the ropes, man. So, and I, again, I don't think, here's the thing, all of these people we've mentioned, except for Brent Spiner, I think are good people, genuinely. So, and if you're a good person in Hollywood and it hasn't destroyed your soul, then yes. Like you deserve that good work. Yeah, you deserve to
1: I think to we're work with, with the people profit, that
0: you do. I know, but
1: getting one back good citizen
0: to... makes for a greater nation.
1: Yes, we're getting back to that original topic. <laughs> uh, anyway, um well, I mean, y- you can just look up and down the roster of Marvel and DC and see that they feed each other, even though there's that divide you see the star trek star wars the small star trek uh you know b5 debate although there mm-hmm. were quite a few guest actors who appeared on both andrea yeah, quite a few.
0: and jakar
1: he was jakar Tomalak. excellent in both by the way oh
0: fantastic in both wasn't Tomalak in Oh, shoot. What was the last time we saw Tomalak?
1: All Good Things, I believe. It was
0: All Good Things, wasn't it?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: It was on the neutral zone where that anomaly was.
1: Right. Uh, One of the few recurring Romulan characters you ever got.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Which, by the way, the Romulans are never really fleshed out that much. We saw... The Klingons get fleshed out. Uh, Whatever. I'm going off topic. Going off topic. Well. Let's end it with two more.
1: Okay. Who do you got?
0: I'm asking you first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're such an ass. Stop it. It's true, though.
0: Yes. I agree. Go. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) Who is yours? Ah, uh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um,
1: All right, well, Nana Visitor guest starred on ba- uh, Battlestar, and James Callis just recently guest starred on Star Trek Picard. So there's a little Star Trek and B5 crossover. Wait a minute. Nana no, uh, Visitor? Battlestar. Yeah, she was in the cancer ward with Laura Roslin in an episode. No! By- yeah.
0: Real, that was, like, at the very end of the whole series.
1: Uh, somewhere, uh, me, yeah, maybe towards the end of the series. Shoot. So, okay. Here's Now, this might not be canon, but Axanar. Oh. Uh, CBS Hatch.
0: doesn't want it to be ca- uh, canon.
1: Richard Hatch, who played.
0: Yeah, that's a good poll
1: who played um,
0: Starbuck, the original Starbuck.
1: He was the original Apollo. Oh, he was the original Apollo. That's right. Yeah.
0: You're right. You are correct. Yep. Based from the A-team was the original Starbuck.
1: Uh, yes. But then he also came back as the, uh, the political revolutionary Tom Zarek in Battlestar, who I thought was a pretty good ad.
0: That was a very great ad. Yeah. It added a whole new level to that show.
1: Yeah, he did. And at times you were like, this dude's not too bad. And other times you're no. like, I want to choke him. So, I know, right? Mm.
0: He was executed, right?
1: <laughs> Eventually, yes. But he, at one yeah. point he, he was the vice president.
0: So, he was.
1: You know. Uh, but, yeah, and of course, ah, Tony Todd. Tony, Tony. Todd. Old, he was Kern. He was old Jake. Tony Todd.
0: Oh yeah, he was also played Tony the commander
1: in chief of the of uh, Starfleet in in Axanar. Another, yeah, another great Star Trek oh, character. He's great, I
0: love that man. I love I, that man I so much. I would love
1: if he was a recurring character, or, or uh, no, he's been a recurring character. He that dude deserves to be a regular on a Star Trek series. I'm just saying.
0: He really does. Uh, the powerful performance that he provided in the Visitor, my God, that 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 episode that episode broke me. By the way,
1: oh, it was great. But his in his speech in Axenar, where he's talking about, you know, um, not wanting to 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 abandon the Federation ideals, and he's like. Uh, when compared to the cost of losing who we are, I do not fear the Klingon Empire. Yeah, uh, it was that's practically so good. spitting as he was. It was awesome. Now, this
0: is not prelude to Axanar. This is Axanar.
1: No, well, yeah, this was the prelude to Axanar, the twenty-minute. Um, yeah,
0: the twenty-minute thing,
1: which was awesome.
0: Oh, I, uh, that was he, so good.
1: He played a. Supporting role in the Babylon 5 movie Call to Arms, which was essentially the pilot, which was essentially the precursor setting the stage for Crusade. He was an Earth Force captain okay. who was helping okay. Sheridan figure out the mystery of the Drak. And he yeah. commanded, Sheridan commanded the Excalibur, and this other guy took command of the Victory. And the victory sacrifices itself to stop the probe, to stop the, uh, the Drock attack. Um, so he, it was like, oh, that's a good move. Bring him in. I mean, yeah. there, there, there was tons of guest stars that bounced back and forth between the series. You know, tons. But Tony Todd is, is one of my faves. <laughs> I don't think Jeffrey Combs has crossed over, but.
0: No, no, no.
1: And we're definitely not even counting all the people who just crossed between the various Star Trek series. Yeah. Series to series. But. Jesus. So I've thrown a couple out there. Who else do you got?
0: Um, I should have written them down, man. Yay.
1: Uh, Here, here's an interesting one.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: Mark Shepard.
0: Mark Shepard?
1: He appeared in... Battlestar Galactica as the lawyer. um, Who was like the... the
0: Oh, and he was in Supernatural!
1: He was also in... Firefly. It was Badger and Firefly, that kind of like bookie-like dude that they would occasionally get work from.
0: Yeah, and Mark Shepard was a is a fantastic actor. Yeah, and
1: he's been in a ton of sci-fi stuff. He's had a yes. couple of guest roles. I think he was in Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Um, his dad is W. Morgan Shepard, who's been in numerous Star Trek projects.
0: You know who he reminded me of? Who? um in battlestar he reminded me of daredevil a little bit he would have been a perfect daredevil
1: interesting
0: i you know charlie cox perfect yeah don't get me wrong i'm not saying that he needs to replace charlie cox no but in a world without charlie cox mark Shepard would have been a perfect daredevil
1: oh yeah he's a guy who's just all over the place in the sci-fi community
0: oh yeah
1: but I mean, I know there was a lot of people saying, you know, begging James Gunn to pull, because I guess Mark Hamill is his neighbor, and it's like I guess there was some discussion about him possibly showing up in uh, Guardians Three, which would have been epic.
0: Well, uh, didn't Mark? Uh, didn't didn't James Gunn tweet out, Or oh, "I'm going to walk over to Mark Hamill's house right now. Wish me luck."
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I think that was more of a gag than anything. You, you, I think you Mark
0: know. Mark responded on Twitter, be like, "Hey, I got sandwiches. I'll be, re- <laughs> come on over."
1: <laughs> He's one of those guys who's literally a gem on Twitter, and I don't even have Twitter, but I yeah. see tweets show up everywhere.
0: Oh, uh, Twitter! Uh, Twitter is such a cesspool. I use it sparingly, but I try to use it for entertainment purposes. It's hard, but you you could still get some fun out of it. Um, yeah. Okay, I got one. Go ahead. Elon Musk.
1: He was in Iron Man 2, and he was... That's what was he was in.
0: Real life sci-fi, man. Real life sci-fi. <laughs> I
1: thought you were saying he showed up on this stuff, so.
0: No, no. But he was in Iron Man too.
1: <laughs> I remember
0: that. Before, before... You knew who Elon was, by the way.
1: True. Here's one. Here's an interesting poll. Harrison Ford. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner.
0: Oh, okay. We'll go with Blade Runner on that one.
1: I don't know. He did have to... Knowledge. Knowledge was their treasure. That was pretty (laughs) sci-fi. That one. You
0: know, have you heard anything about the new Indiana Jones movie? Because I haven't. I mean.
1: There's like gonna be time travel? Time travel, and I guess that they're trying to set up like Phoebe Waller Bridge as the a possible successor.
0: Not even the successor. Like they're gonna erase Indy from history altogether, and she's gonna be the Indiana Jones.
1: Oh god, I hope not.
0: Well, uh, Yeah, I hope not, too. But I guess that that storyline leaked and they had to stop filming because fan backlash, which, again, I don't know how much credence that has.
1: That that would be bad.
0: I I think Disney I think Bob Iger was the one who said, no, 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 you're not doing that. Um, Or something. But they had like filmed a whole bunch of it or something.
1: That just sounds.
0: Spiteful, right? Sounds evil.
1: But isn't this Lucas and Spielberg?
0: No, they're not doing shit on this.
1: They're not. I wonder no. why it was shit then.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised I,
1: you would have got Harrison Ford on board with it. He actually likes playing Indiana Jones.
0: He does. He. I don't know why he likes Indiana Jones, but not uh, Han.
1: I. I think he's just. Done, I. I think. He, he just enjoys the character more. I do think that he... There are times where you can see that while he's sick of all the Star Wars questions, which I'm sure is part of the reason why he's fed up with it. Because <laughs> uh, he rarely ever gets asked about Indiana Jones. Although he should, because Indiana Jones is a great movie franchise. Yeah, great character. I mean, when you look, look at the franchises that Harrison Ford has been in. Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Blade Runner, and he was Jack Ryan in two movies, too.
0: Yeah, he he was in Ender's Game.
1: Not a franchise,
0: but a sci-fi film. Yeah. And he was was better. he, he, He wasn't Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford. He was actually a commander.
1: Yeah, he was in Cowboys and Aliens, too.
0: Oh, he was—he was great in that. I felt he was great in that. He was kind of a bad guy in that. He was a cattle rustler.
1: No, I think it was a cattle baron, like a crooked cattle. Baron. Oh, he was—he
0: was a—he was, cro- was a crooked cattle baron who rustled cattle too.
1: Yeah, That's probably how he got so rich. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I tell you, man, uh, there are so many. I'm—we've sh- missed tons. Guest stars, definitely. Um, But when you talk about, you know, some of the legends have been more willing to cross over. Um, But, of course, I haven't seen any Star Wars guys popping up on any of the Star Trek shows lately. But I have seen some of the Star Trek guys make appearances, particularly voice acting in a lot of the Filoni shows.
0: Not as prolific as Gargoyles.
1: Gargoyles had a ton of Star Trek.
0: Basically had almost the entire TNG cast.
1: <laughs> Except for Patrick
0: it? Stewart and 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 uh, LeVar Burton.
1: Yeah, but they had like Michelle Nichols and some of the original. And Avery oh, yeah. Brooks too, wasn't he?
0: Avery Brooks was in that show too, yeah. It was crazy.
1: Well, here's something. Do you remember, what was it, like Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys? Oh my god, yes. Because that was Jerry Doyle from B five, and
0: no. I, I
1: think Michael Dorn was in it as the bad guy. I think he that had a couple. Was
0: oh my god! How did a show like that get made? Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. Yeah my god how is that possible like that was a modern show that came out in
1: 1999
0: 1996 to 1997 it lasted two years it was the late 90s <laughs> wow wow it shows how far we've come but how much farther we have to go yep
1: yeah. um <laughs> Michael Dorn was the villain. Uh, Another villain was Malcolm McDowell. Frank Welker. Malcolm McDowell. Soren. Yeah. And of course, and then of course you have to have the legendary uh, voice actors, Frank Welker and Maurice LaMarche. Oh, yeah. Who are some of the other voices? You've got... Jerry Doyle, Michael Dorn. Yeah, I was
0: going to say. Um,
1: I just saw another James
0: one. James Avery, Uncle Phil.
1: Who was in Enterprise.
0: He was. And then Rene Aubergeon Wah.
1: He was in this too. Oh, yeah, David Carradine he... too. <laughs> David Carradine? Wow. 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 Okay. It was such a strange show. I seem to recall Captain watching
0: Captain and the Space Monkeys. My goodness. Yeah. Okay. Should we end it on that?
1: Dude, we just had a deep pull. <laughs> that was a deep pull.
0: <laughs> We're ending it on Captain Siming and the Space Monkeys, everybody. Holy
1: shit. <laughs> By the this way, just, not... just to backtrack a bit, I did watch some Gargoyles uh, while I was uh, laid up in my post-COVID recovery in Germany. that's oh, such a good show. It was, and they're on Disney+, Plus. So it was just a great advantage. Oh uh, yeah. And who was Goliath? Was that Keith David? It was Keith David,
0: yeah.
1: He's got such a great voice.
0: Oh. Uh, that was how I knew Keith David, and then when I saw him in, um... Everything? No, it was that movie, uh, the drug movie. What was the drug movie? Um, yeah. Where they used... You- huh? I know. Um came out in like 2001. Shoot. It was oh my god. He's in everything by the way because yeah. I'm I'm scrolling and I'm only in 2011.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he was in the thing in Platoon, dude. Armageddon, uh, there's something about Mary Requiem T-
0: for a Dream. When I saw him in Requiem for a Dream, I was like that's that's Goliath.
1: Yeah, but look at he was in look at this guy's sci-fi crit. Pitch black, Chronicles of Riddick, Cloud Atlas.
0: Outer Limits.
1: Outer Limits.
0: The new one.
1: Of course, Gargoyles. Archer, that's right. He plays Lana's dad in Archer. That's right. I forgot about that. Oh! oh, Oh! Princess and the Frog. He was the villain.
0: Yes, he was. He was.
1: Rick and Morty?
0: Yeah, well, that, 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 that's just... That's right. Just,
1: he, was, yeah. and he was in The Flash.
0: He was in The Flash, wasn't he?
1: Spawn? These are all Mass like... Mass
0: Effect? Shoot, dude. All right, I think Keith David is the uh, ultimate crossover guy. I'm just going to pin it. He's the king. ming wins the queen.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: Let's pin it. I oh, like Mass Effect 2. Look at that. Weird. Anyway. <laughs> Anything else?
1: No, God, my man. friend. I think this was good. This was This was good.
0: I think we covered some ground. So.
1: We did. On,
0: on that note, everyone. I hope everyone has had a good and uh, a prosperous Memorial Day weekend. We'll see you next time. We'll keep working. You guys keep dreaming. So long, everyone. I am P.S. McKay.
1: I'm GT Cavman. Watch Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we'll see you on the high ground.
0: We didn't even talk about
1: Obi-Wan. Mm, before I sign off, did you watch? Ah! This, did you watch this week's episode of... Strange new Worlds.
0: No, I'm not going to be able to. I'm. I'm going to restart. I'm going to restart my subscription in a week and a half. All
1: right. You need to watch it. There's actually. I know. I, I think they aired this one this week for a reason. Leading up to this weekend. The fourth episode. The fourth episode.
0: Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right, all right. I'm Celebration. I'm the man and
1: I also recommend strange new world <laughs> and we'll see you on the high ground
0: there it is Those Sci-Fi Guys is an independent broadcast by Alpha Site Productions produced by D.T. Cavman and P.S. McKay music courtesy of Kevin Cloud at incompetech.com for more information on upcoming episodes, follow PS McKay on Twitter at PS McKay, or go to thosecifiquies.com for past episode information.